It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast here, and it is presented by FantasyPoints.com. Your one-stop shop for any and all fantasy information you could ever need. Just make sure that you use the code FEAST, F-E-A-S-T, when you go to FantasyPoints.com. That is where my guy Joe Dolan owns and operates the best website out there for fantasy information. You can see Joe waving to you. If you check out our YouTube page over at youtube.com slash Roth Tucker NFL, he's got his fantasy points hat on. He looks awesome. He's at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and everything. I mentioned the YouTube page already. You should definitely follow at Ross Tucker pod because anytime any of our shows are posted, that's the first place, you know, and because it, We'll have the highlight clips of all of our different shows that we produce here on the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. Joe, there is no time to dilly-dally. It's week eight already, man. We're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. The playoffs will be here before you know it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. The fantasy playoffs especially. I mean, some fantasy playoffs start as early in some high-stakes leagues as week 12. Um, so we are we are really into nut cutting time right now. I mean, it's it, it it's unbelievable. Even in some of your shallower leagues, we are basically halfway through the fantasy regular season. So there is a uh, right now. It, it, you're at the point of the season where you're starting to consider uh, how I have all this fab left. When am I going to spend it? You know, like you might be like, well, I don't want to spend 30 bucks on Rashard Higgins. But if you have your full budget left, you might have to spend 30 bucks on Rashard Higgins. There might not be good options coming down the pike here at this point. And, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen? And it's a crazy year as is. I'm just glad we've gotten to this point uh, right now. Good point there, Joe. Let's dive into it. We'll start Thursday night with the Carolina Panthers and DJ Moore. Wow. Against the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore with a couple of big plays. The targets are still down a little bit, which is, is a concern for me. But, you know, the the, the wide receiver group here with uh, with uh, Carolina, Anderson and Moore. Anderson's been a little bit quieter of late. I think it's a great matchup against Atlanta. Uh, digging through some quotes, uh, Raheem Morris was really upset with the, the defense across the middle against the uh, against the Detroit Lions last week, and we know what happened in that game. There's no need to rehash it. Um, Ross, just as an aside, I, I guess I will rehash it. As an aside, I had never seen the shouldn't score a TD but do anyway hurt a team before this past weekend, and I saw it twice. Uh, it, it, it's I saw it on Saturday with Penn State, and then I saw it with the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. So I understand you, you always understand that situation, but uh, but you always realize it's a super low outcome probability anyway. But I, unfortunately, it, it it hit twice for those two teams, and I, I guess for Atlanta, it's not that surprising that they found another unbelievable way to lose. Uh, but um, Raheem Morris was worried about his defense across the middle, and that's where I think Robbie Anderson really comes in. Uh, Robbie Anderson had eight targets. 
across the middle against the Falcons the last time out, according to Sports Info Solutions. And uh, he had 12 targets in that game total. He had over 100 yards receiving. So I think this is a good week for Robbie Anderson. The elephant in the room is what is the availability of Christian McCaffrey? And uh, uh, by the time you listen to this, we might have a clear picture of that. Uh, They're not going to make him a game-time decision, I don't think. I don't think they're going to come into this and see, ah, you know, we're going to see how he's doing on Thursday after having him on IR for six weeks. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, My gut is still that they're going to hold him out until week nine. Uh, My gut might be wrong. You know, I woke up nauseous today, so maybe that's not a good thing. But um, my gut might be wrong, but I, my, my guess is they'll hold them out to week nine. They are not going to be done with this thing. Matt Rule is very deliberate. He understands the process. They are not going to rush Christian McCaffrey back to try to get a cheap win. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, if he doesn't go, Mike Davis is viable. If he does go, you have to play McCaffrey, and I don't think Davis is anything more than a low-end flex play. Interesting. All right, Joe. Um, what about on the other side for the Atlanta Falcons? Well, they're going to have to keep throwing the football. The defense it gives up a lot of yardage. Um, uh, one thing I've been reading a lot about is how Matt Ryan and Hayden Hurst have both been talking about how they've gotten on the same page. And Hayden Hurst is now starting to separate himself a little bit in that mid-tier of tight end. You're always trying to decide between these guys each and every week. Oh, should I play Hayden Hurst or, or Robert Tunyon? Uh, should I should I play? Well, I guess Gronk has graduated from that tier as well. Should I play Eric Ebron or TJ Hawkinson? Like the all those questions. I think Hurst is starting to graduate a little bit out of that tier. Um, so I, I like him a lot as a tight end. One reading all the quotes, um, and obviously with Carolina's passing defense, Rasul Douglas is still on the COVID list as of uh, early Wednesday. Um, you, this is a really good week for the wide receivers, Julio and Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan. It's a good week for him. Um, believe it or not, I, I think a lot of points can be scored in this game. You know, you don't always anticipate that on Thursday night football. But this, even though it was a low-scoring game last time out, 23-16, Julio has been a Panthers killer in his career. I expect this game to be pretty damn high-scoring on Thursday night. I would start all my Falcons, including Todd Gurley, who, though he doesn't look great to me, continues to score touchdowns even when he shouldn't. I am very curious to get your thoughts on the Steelers and the Ravens. Ravens coming off a bye. Steelers coming off a game that really wasn't as close as the score indicated against Tennessee. Well, here's here's the thing about uh, uh, Baltimore, and let's start with them. We we talked about the Lions heading into last week and, and and how they had done some scout self scouting over over the bye and decided to get DeAndre Swift the football a little bit more. One of the hypotheticals I threw out on my Twitter account a couple of weeks ago was how the if, if you told me through six weeks of the NFL season in August that J.K. Dobbins would lead the Ravens backfield in fantasy points, I would have drafted him in the second round. But he's RB like 40. They are getting the, – their offense is missing something. There is just something that's not happening. And, you know, I know Greg Cosell has postulated that they – Greg Roman might have wanted to increase the passing game concepts and really start to put more on Lamar Jackson's plate. And they're trying to do that while not having the full off season and, you know, not having as much in-person contact as you would in a typical year. And I wonder if they're going to start to transition back to some of the things that worked last year. 
heavy run game. You know, it's just shocking to me how few players have been productive on this team for fantasy. Lamar's been a good QB one, but not an elite one. Uh, the, the backfield's been useless. Hollywood Brown and Lamar, Hollywood's been a wide receiver three, but they can't get on the same page. And Mark Andrews hasn't been as productive as you would like. So I want to see if they do some self-scouting over the bye, try to narrow things down into what they do well, try to see if they start to um, distill down that backfield rotation so somebody is able to get into a rhythm. But it doesn't seem like anybody's getting into a rhythm for Baltimore. And unfortunately for them, this is a really tough matchup coming out of the bye. Yeah, what about on the other side with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Have to keep an eye on the status of Deontay Johnson, but, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger just looks for him when he's on the field. That's a fact. 15 targets this past week. Uh, we'll see what that ankle uh, injury, what he says about that with Tennessee of the game last week. He came out of it and said, oh, it's an ankle bruise. I'm fine. Ross, you know well that players always seem to be a little bit more optimistic about their injuries than coaches and trainers are. So keep an eye on Deontay Johnson's status. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster showed some signs of life. Uh, If Deontay Johnson is active, not great news for Chase Claypool. I think I had one catch for minus one yard in that game. Um, So keep an eye on him because I think he's far more viable if Deontay Johnson does not play. It was clear that Chase Claypool was hurt by the presence of Deontay Johnson more so than Juju Smith-Schuster was. So just look at the numbers of that game. Ben Roethlisberger, low-end quarterback starter this week in a very tough matchup. And also James Conner. You just have to keep rolling with him. He's been a rock-solid RB, too. We'll keep it moving and get to the L.A. Chargers against the Miami Dolphins. I remember last week, Joe, you said for the Dolphins, Tua is not good for fantasy football. So what does that mean for people that have Devontae Parker and some of these guys on their teams? Yeah, so – that this is just my assumption based on my my knowledge of Tua's skill set. Tua to me is 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 a deliberate. Um, let, I don't view him as a gunslinger the way I view Ryan Fitzpatrick or even another rookie like Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow. I view him as as a kind of a deliberate, a methodical passer in the style of a Drew Brees, in the style of a Teddy Bridgewater. That's kind of how I view him. Um, again, it doesn't mean he's got he's he's not going to be better than Bridgewater, and it sure as hell doesn't mean he's a future Hall of Famer just yet. But I but you have to look back to that Miami offense last year and how Ryan Fitzpatrick unlocked the production of guys like Gesicki and Devontae Parker and and Preston Williams. He unlocked that production from those guys. And, you know, you look at the quotes, Ryan Fitzpatrick was heartbroken uh, about this move, and I'm sure he'll accept it like a good soldier, um, but he thought he was playing really well, and he sees a team that has a shot to go uh, to the playoffs. So, I, you wonder, is there going to be a fracture in that locker room a little bit? Mike Kosicki a couple weeks ago said, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the best teammate I have ever had. So um, the, you can talk about how beloved he is, but also some of the young guys are probably seeing how hard two is working to get on the field. I want to see it first. Um, Miles Gaskin, I think, is, is an RB2. He's been getting the ball a lot. You can use Parker as a wide receiver three. But other than that, I, I am in wait-it-and-see-it mode here with Tua Tonga-Vailoa and this Miami offense. What about on the other side with the L.A. Rams? I might have said Chargers earlier, but the Rams coming off that Monday night performance. You know – I'm going to throw something out there to you, Ross. I'm presuming you watched the Monday night game just like everybody else. 
Doesn't it seem like this Ram offense does a lot of fancy stuff, but it struggles to go places? Like, I, you look at it and you're like, man, that was a cool play call. And that was a great sequence. And it seems like they still have to put a 10, 11, 12 play drives together. The offensive line is giving up pressure to Goff. And anybody on planet Earth can see Goff looks like one of the best throwers of the football in the world when he's not pressured. And one of the worst in the league when he is. It just seems like McVay, there's a disconnect there. And we talked about that with the Ravens. It seems like there's just a little bit of a disconnect with this offense. They're trying to get Reynolds and Van Jefferson involved, but it's at the expense of Cup and Woods. They're trying to get Munt involved, and it's at the expense of Gerald Everett. Higby was inactive in that game. Cam Akers has no role whatsoever. You know, they, they're trying to get Malcolm Brown involved, and that's at the expense of Henderson and Akers. And it just seems like there's too many moving parts here. You can tell the team is well-coached, but it's almost like if you if you watch a jam band, for instance, and you're like, uh, there are plenty of people who are huge fans of jam bands and fish. But then there's also plenty of people who are like, all right, you've been playing this damn song for 25 minutes. I'm impressed with the guitar solo, but can we get can, can we get on with it? And I'm tr- I'm kind of viewing this Ram offense like a jam band right now. It's it's impressive. It's technically impressive, but there's there's just a disconnect where they're not getting in the end zone. They're not hitting that final chord to send the crowd into a frenzy. And there's it's just bothering me that the production isn't there the way I think it should be. I like it, Joe. That's a really good analogy. Really good analogy. Anything specifics for this game for any of those guys? Well, first and foremost, I think Cam Akers is droppable. Um, He does not have a role. And I know you want to hold on to him because of this this premise of uh, upside, which he certainly has. But we have have precedent here. Sean McVay buried Daryl Henderson last year as a highly drafted rookie because he didn't trust him. There is clearly a lack of trust here with Cam Akers. The guy's like four snaps the last two weeks. Daryl Henderson is running well. Malcolm Brown is handling his role. So Henderson continues to be an RB2. Malcolm Brown is a desperation flex. I wish I could tell you that Robert Woods and Cooper Cup were more than wide receiver twos, but they're not at this point. And Miami's defense is probably a little bit better than you think, especially in the back end, which makes Jared Goff a mediocre quarterback this week. Um, What about, as we move on to the next matchup, Jets-Chiefs? I mean, the New York Jets. I. Is there is it are they even worthy of a fantasy discussion in any way? I guess is Crowder back this week? Uh he's he's not practicing on Wednesday, but there's hope he's going to return to practice on Thursday, which which is good news. Ross, this team is abominable. It is abominable. I, I mean, I just want to throw it out there right now. I, I know you might have to say, oh, they're gonna have to score points in this game. Probably will. Didn't matter for the Denver Broncos last week. The Chiefs blew them out. So, it, it uh, Jamison Crowder, if he goes, you put him in your lineup as a wide receiver, too. That's it. LaMichael Pirine, have him on your bench. You can play him as a flex. He's the only running back here. Keep an eye on Denzel Mims. He might have a role here in the future. But, I, I mean, I think, frankly, I, I proposed in a column on FantasyPoints.com, I think the Jets should trade Darnold to Pittsburgh. Like, get a couple of picks for Darnold. You're not going to get you're not gonna get full value for Sam Darnold. Um but 
but you get a couple of picks for him, load up for whoever you're going to build around. If Trevor Lawrence refuses to play for the Jets, then Justin Fields won't. If Justin Fields refuses to play for the Jets, Trey Lance won't. They're going to have a new quarterback. They're going to have a new coach next year. Get the picks to load up around. Um, I think they should trade Darnold. This team is a freaking disaster. Just a crowder, crowder bust. Okay. Chiefs. I mean, I will say this. The Jets didn't allow the Bills score a touchdown. There were penalties and stuff, though. Yeah. Anything about the Jets that would cause you, give you any pause, any of the Chiefs guys? No. And, I mean, their defense is playing better. I mean, there's no doubt that the defense is the better side of the ball for the New York Jets. But the Chiefs, you just you, you play your guys. Mahomes, Edwards-Alaire, Le'Veon Bell can be a flex. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, but, of course, you know, you see they sign Le'Veon Bell – and then uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire essentially has his two best games since week one. So, you know, maybe he got a little fire lit under him. Maybe that touchdown regression is finally advancing for him. But the problem for the Chiefs last week, Ross, was they didn't have the football. They scored on defense and they scored on special teams. And if you have if you have Patrick Mahomes, the last thing you want is the Chiefs to be scoring on defense and scoring on special teams. But it was a snow game. Snow games are always way worse for the defense than the offense. People don't... People always just kind of tank the totals of those games. But in the snow, defenses get tired. They slip. The offenses are ahead. So I think that was just kind of an outlier game for Kansas City. You stick with the guys you've been sticking with, and you play them. And I expect them to put a whooping on the New York Jets in this game. All right. Minnesota is playing against Green Bay. And the Vikings are coming off a bye. Green Bay, I'll never get over whatever happened with Houston's defense and Devontae Adams. I don't understand that at all. Uh, well, one of the things that did happen, uh, you have to point out with Houston, and I know we're not talking Houston here, um, uh, Bradley Roby left that game after one snap with a, with an injury. I'm not trying to tell you that Devontae Adams would, ha- would have had three catches for 40 yards if, if Bradley Roby plays, but at least there's something there. Um, Houston stinks anyway. But um, with Green Bay, uh, the thing is, I wonder if Green Bay is going to make a move for a wide receiver at some point because you look at uh, you look at what Aaron Rodgers had in that game. 13 for 196 and two for Devontae Adams on 16 targets. His other seven wide receiver targets produced two catches, both of them by Malik Taylor. And I know, Ross, you were starting Malik Taylor in all of your fantasy leagues. So I think they still need to make a move for a wide receiver. Tunyon is in, is, is in that tight end group of 8 to 16 where you kind of have to make a decision on him every week. And I want to see if Aaron Jones comes back this week. Because if Aaron Jones is back, he's an RB1, you know that. If he's not back, Jamal Williams is an RB1. Jamal Williams isn't Aaron Jones, but he's a heck of a facsimile for Aaron Jones. And he did a nice job last week. You saw him. He's a fun player to watch. He, he has a he has a positive attitude. Um, he's really hard-nosed. I interviewed him a couple years ago on the radio. He's one of my favorite interviews. But you know he's going to produce when when he comes in there. But it's a huge game for Devontae Adams. Obviously a huge game for Aaron Rodgers against this defense. The problem is I'd love to tell you there's a second wide receiver for Green Bay that I trust. I just don't. Marcus Valdez-Scantling didn't catch a pass in that game against Houston last week as Devontae Adams had all the uh, had what vacuumed up all the targets. It's Rodgers. It's Adams. It's whoever starts in that backfield. And I think you could take a shot on Robert Tunyon. And that is how you pronounce it. The Packers put out a tweet that said it is just like Funyuns. So... I don't know if you're a Funyuns guy, Ross. Tunyon because he is a ton of fun. Um, let's get to uh, 
the the Vikings on the other yeah. side of it. You know, everybody's killing Kirk Cousins, maybe rightfully so, Joe. But aren't Thielen and Justin Jefferson both like top five wide receivers this year? Yeah, they're and and this is one of those beautiful narrow fantasy teams. I know, I know the Federalist Alexander Madison took a crap on everybody a couple weeks ago. I mean, the Vikings just didn't play a good game. Thielen and Jefferson have to be in your lineups. This is, I, I think, like Cousins has directed like fifty percent of his throws to them the last like five weeks. That's un, that's absurd. Um, they're starting to get the tight end Irv Smith a little bit more involved. So if you're really hurting at tight end, you can pick up Irv Smith off the bench. They made a concerted effort against Seattle a couple of weeks ago. Irv Smith was targeted on the first two plays of that pass game. That is a that is a mandate from the coaching staff saying we got to get somebody else involved in this passing game. Hope to see Dalvin cook back out there. If cook goes, he's an RB one. If he doesn't go, you still have to play Madison. Um, and I like Kirk cousins as a streamer this week. I'm just a little bit concerned. Which of these receivers is it? Jefferson who's been playing more outside recently is going to catch. If any receiver is going to catch the Jair Alexander shadow. I wonder if Alexander will selectively match up, but if they put Thielen into the slot more, don't be shocked if Thielen catches fewer snaps of coverage from Jair Alexander. Um, I think at the, 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 the assumption is going to be, oh, Thielen's the one, so he's going to get the Alexander shadow. I'm not too sure about that. You know, the next game, Joe, is actually going to be our, our DraftKings featured game because I'm very intrigued by it. The Indianapolis Colts off of a bye, and it felt like – Maybe you're going to tell me I'm crazy, but it felt like maybe the offense figured something out against the Bengals last time out after they had that big deficit against the Detroit Lions, who I, I don't know what to say about them other than, you know, Kenny Galladay is outrageous. I mean, he is good. So let's break this down. The Colts are three-point favorites in this game between two dome teams on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. But I'm wondering if there are people for whether it's DFS at DraftKings or just in general that you like in this matchup. So this is another one of those teams, the Lions, where the numbers end up looking good at the end. But when you watch the game, it's like pulling teeth. And here is the perfect example of that game. Matthew Stafford throws for 340 on 25 of 36 passing. Doesn't turn the football over. That's a, that is objectively a good game. The problem is, I think Daryl Bevel, whether it's Bevel, whether it's Matt Patricia, I don't know what's going on. There is just a really bad level of sequencing the play calls here. And I'm, I'm going to point out a couple of things. Number one. Uh, DeAndre Swift has another positive game. It wasn't a breakout game like he had a couple weeks ago, but it was another positive game for them, for him. Meanwhile, Adrian Peterson continues to get stuffed on third and short situations. Detroit in that game against Atlanta was 3-10 on third downs. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, Peterson getting stuffed on short yardage situations. Number two, multiple times they hand the ball to Peterson on first and second down, he picks up five yards. Stafford has to drop back to throw on third and medium, and he gets sacked or he throws an incompletion. Just bizarre, like the, the insistence on feeding Peterson, and I get it. He's still an effective player, but the insistence on feeding him at the expense of the rest of your offense when Matthew Stafford is throwing the ball well is, is bizarre to me. And I really would hope that they get away from doing that as Swift continues to develop. Now, 
Part of the issue might be they don't trust the secondary receiver here. We saw Galladay. Marvin Jones finally did something. He had five catches for 80 yards. Uh, and TJ Hawkinson made the big play at the end of the game, even though he had a boneheaded one on the final drive where he fought for like an extra half yard instead of getting out of bounds. He redeemed himself. So maybe with Marvin Jones step, stepping up, DeAndre Swift continuing to progress, TJ Hawkinson continuing to progress, the Detroit Lions are going to put more on the shoulders of Matthew Stafford. And I just wonder if that obsession with Peterson is because Patricia and company don't trust the defense. And and in this game, they play a lot of man coverage. My question is, do the Indianapolis Colts have the receivers to really get after the Detroit Lions in this game. I'm not sure they do. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's been a disaster this year. Their best wide receiver has been like Zach Pascal, um, Marcus Johnson. Um, they, they really don't have a whole lot on the perimeter. So I wonder if Detroit will be a little bit more aggressive in this game offensively. Um, yeah, that's a good point as well. Um, th- this Lions thing is fascinating. What about – Joe for the Colts? Yeah, T.Y. Hilton's a wide receiver three at best. He He's produced, I think, above 10 fantasy points in two of his last 12 games, including just once this year so far. Um, it, it's not pretty. They they throw a lot to the tight end. They like Trey Burton, but the problem is the all three of their tight ends have, have uh, struggled this year to stay on the field. Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, and Mo Alley-Cox. So we, I want to monitor the injury report there. Really for the Colts, um, I think Rivers is a viable streamer this week, but the only guy I feel really comfortable about starting is Jonathan Taylor out of the backfield. And I know it's been kind of like pulling teeth with him, but they've got to get that run game going. This is a team that's perilously thin at the skill positions. Next up, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Odell Beckham jr list. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns gonna hurt me, man. I, I'm four and three in fantasy. No Odell. I'm getting nothing from Cam Akers. Oh, my no, team has no been Odell so bad. Hurt. I just subbed out Odell and put Cole Beasley in. Uh by the way, uh, I know we're not talking about Buffalo yet, but did you know Cole Beasley's on pace for 90 catches and 1,100 receiving yards? I did from your tweet, which is why I put Cole Beasley in. Yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> he's been freaking awesome this year. Uh, uh, let's uh, let's go and talk about. <sighs> In the old, uh, I saw Chris B- Berman on uh, on on NFL primetime, and he and, and he does the Raider grunt, and and I think I'm getting into my 30s because I get real fired up when he does the Raider grunt. Um, uh, Derek Carr, I think, played all right. They just had a really bad matchup last week. That one of the reasons I'm picking Tampa Bay to go to the Super Bowl is because of that defense, and maybe it's the primary reason. That is a brutal run defense for Josh Jacobs to go against. Things open up a little bit more this week against Cleveland. Um, you got uh, uh, Henry Ruggs is going to have an opportunity to make plays. And I got to admit it, Ross, I was in a bind in a league last week, and I threw Nelson Aguilar into a lineup, and he oh. goes for five for 107 and a touchdown. Of course, at the end of the game, he drops three consecutive passes, including one that goes off his hands for an interception. But, I mean, I, it's always been the – the, the part about getting the ball into the hands of Aguilar has been the problem. It's not when he has the ball in his hands, and the Raiders are seeing that this year. Um, but with Oakland, you play Darren Waller, who scored a touchdown. Jacobs is back out there in your lineup in a much easier matchup against Cleveland. Um, Henry Ruggs, you take a shot on him as a wide receiver three. It's just kind of a team that that has a lot of pieces 
and not, very few of them that you trust for fantasy outside of, of Jacobs and Waller. Um, yeah, I can see on that one. What about on the other side with Cleveland? Uh, narrow fantasy team. It does not appear they're going to get Nick Chubb back until after the bye from the MCL. Um, uh, they have a week nine bye, so they're going to they're probably going to wait until week ten. So Kareem Hunt's in your lineup. Um, the young tight end, one of those guys that's been a theme of this show. You throw into that tight end mid tier, Harrison Bryant, rookie at FAU. Scores two touchdowns in that game. And I want to highlight the second touchdown where they lined him up as the Z to the field. And they put him in motion. And, I mean, the play was specifically designed for Harrison Bryant in the red zone. That shows trust to me from Kevin Stefanski. It shows trust to me from Baker Mayfield. It shows trust that this guy is going to be a big part of their passing offense. Austin Hooper is not going to play this week um, with the appendectomy. He's probably not coming back till after the bye. I like Harrison Bryant quite a bit this week. Um, uh, Rashard Higgins, this is a guy I liken him almost to uh, to Greg Ward with Philadelphia. Not in terms of style, but in terms of when he gets an opportunity, he produces. And the team is always looking to replace him or, or they're always looking to say, we can do better there. But when he goes on the field, he produces. It's like a Greg Ward or a Dontrell Inman in that kind of regard, where he's just a guy who has the the view of somebody's going to bounce around the league. But when he gets an opportunity, he puts up numbers. Uh, I think you, you've all seen the stats. Baker Mayfield averages more yards per attempt in his career throwing to Rashard Higgins than he does to Odell Beckham. So Rashard Higgins is a premier wide receiver pickup on the waiver wire, especially because Jarvis Landry doesn't look like 100%. And if you're going deeper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, the youngster out of Michigan, who uh, who consistently underachieved at Michigan, but you wonder how much of that had to do with the terrible quarterback play that he got when he was at Michigan. He blew up the combine. Those of you in deeper dynasty keeper leagues can take a look at Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's a good point about Harrison Bryant, and I like the Richard Higgins analogy with Greg Ward a lot uh, because there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm I'm in uh, Fresno, California, right now. Joe. I was just about to wonder what 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 your setup is there. That Ross, that looks like a uh, that looks like a nice little suite there that you're in. It's a Spring Hill suite. And, okay. Uh, I got Fresno State, Colorado State tomorrow night on CBS Sports Network, and uh, Colorado State's very proud of Rashard Higgins. You can see it in all their all their pamphlets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Titans, Bengals. Let's start with the Bengals. They have officially traded Carlos Dunlap while we're recording this to the Seahawks. Your thought, I mean, they put up points. Uh, Other than that one Ravens game, Joe, they put up points every week. Yeah, they do, and that's and that's because of Joe Burrow. It's also because the defense isn't very good. Joe Burrow's been impressive, and I know he's not lighting the world on fire like the, in the way Justin Herbert is, but he has been impressive. He's a gamer, um, and and the Bengals are do are doing the right thing, Ross. They are making moves because they need to use draft picks to load up that offensive line around in front of Joe Burrow. That's a problem this week. Multiple offensive line injuries, including Jonah Williams with the neck. Um, you have to monitor that. That is not a good situation for Joe Burrow to be in. But he's he's a gamer. He's been producing otherwise. And this Titan defense has been one of the biggest disappointments for me. Um, maybe the retirement of Dean Pease had much bigger of an impact 
than than we could have anticipated. But this tight defense got gashed. They could not get Pittsburgh off the field on third downs last week. So there's going to be an opportunity for Cincinnati to put up numbers. In the backfield, if Joe Mixon doesn't play, you can continue to play Gio Bernard. But neither guy is better than an RB2 if Mixon does play because the offensive line is problematic right now for uh, for this this front going up against Simmons and the boys with the Titans. So that's a big-time problem for Cincinnati. It continues to kind of affect this entire offense. Um, the thing about Cincinnati is they've finally gotten A.J. Green some targets. A.J. Green's the player to me where I like the fact that they've gotten him targets. I think they should trade him immediately because, again, the, the focus should be on 2021 for the Cincinnati Bengals. Get, get picks to help the offensive line. Get T. Higgins some experience. Um, just try to get as much going as possible. But if A.J. Green is there this weekend, you can play him as a wide receiver three. Tyler Boyd showed you what he can do. We saw Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster just constantly eating up yardage across the middle against the Titans. Tyler Boyd's a wide receiver one this week against the Tennessee Titans. Um, on the other side, the Tennessee Titans against that Bengals defense that can't stop anyone and now doesn't have Carlos Dunlap, although they don't really care. Yeah, uh, well, that th- this is a beautiful game for a bounce back for Tennessee. And, you know, when you say bounce back for Tennessee, you realize Derrick Henry didn't have a huge game. He still had 20 carries and got in the end zone for you. Henry's going to go nuts this week. A.J. Brown's going to go nuts this week. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to have a big game this week. Jonu Smith. Uh, who was targeted in the end zone a couple of times but didn't make a catch uh, or I think only caught one or two passes last week. I think he has a big game. And you can also think of Corey Davis as somebody that you can plug into a lineup this week. But the Titans are one of those narrow fantasy teams. We love them uh, because most of the players you're going to consider are stars for your fantasy team. Patriots and the Bills. At this point, Joe, do we need to have a Patriots intervention? They are I mean, terrible. are we at the point where you shouldn't have any any of them in your fantasy lineup? Uh, who do you feel good about having in your fantasy lineup right now? Nobody. Nobody. Cam Newton looks terrible. Um, the, the the they have no speed whatsoever on offense. The run game is just a is just a a, a, a cornucopia of mediocrity because they they did they rotate these backs willy nilly and they're not sustaining drives. So let let let's have that intervention as of right now. There should be no New England Patriots in your fantasy lineup. I mean, I know there's going to be some situations where you're like, well, I have to play James White. Okay. I have to play him. Okay. Nikhil Harry gets dinged up. He's not doing anything anyway. It's, it is a disaster. I did not anticipate, whether it was Newton or Stidham, I did not anticipate this offense would be this bad. Once is, once is a coincidence, two times is a trend. This is two straight weeks. That offense has been abominable. I don't want, my, I don't want Patriots anywhere near my fantasy lineup. I'm with you. Uh, on the other side, the Bills have a deceiving game for Josh Allen and some of the skill guys because they didn't get in the end zone at all. Uh, yeah, it was a really, really, um, it was a really, really bizarre game. Um, the one big issue for Buffalo, first and foremost, Josh Allen's had some accuracy issues creeping up the last couple of weeks. That's always going to be a thing with Allen. We know what his ceiling is. We know what his floor is at this point. Um, you live in, you live in with it with Josh Allen. One of the big problems for me with Buffalo, Ross, I am stunned at how little they've been able to run the football. 
They just can't run it right now. And I thought, you know, you bring in Zach Moss, Devin Singletary can be a one-two punch. Singletary has been very unimpressive to me. And I see Zach Moss out there last week against the Jets. He has seven carries for 47 yards. He catches three passes for 25 yards. So he has 72 yards from scrimmage on 10 touches. Meanwhile, Singletary has eight carries for 29 yards and two catches for 18. I think the Bills should lean more on Zach Moss going forward. And and on my personal depth chart, I'd have him ahead of Devin Singletary rest of season. I just think he's probably the better option. And they need to get somebody here. We, we always make fun of establishing the run. Um, but the Bills need something in that backfield. You know, you don't need to give the ball 20 times a game to Zach Moss the way you do Derrick Henry. But you need something there. And there's just there is that little bit missing. Uh, we'll see if John Brown is able to return. I was disappointed in Gabriel Davis catching just one pass in that game. Uh, but Cole Beasley, Ross, you put him in your fantasy lineup. If you separated out his numbers and didn't look at his name, you'd think, man, what a season Keenan Allen's having. I mean, that's kind of what Cole Beasley's doing right now. So he is a wide receiver, too. Stephon Diggs has to be in your lineup. And obviously, in this matchup, you are playing Josh Allen. The Patriots are abominable. On both sides of the ball. They're better on defense, but they're bad on both sides of the football. That'll do it for part one of the Fantasy Feast Eaton podcast, the show that's so nice, we do it twice. Still need to break down Chargers, Broncos, Niners, Seahawks, Saints, Bears, Eagles against Ben DiNucci. My guy, Ben DiNucci, and the Cowboys. Bucks, Giants, a lot to get to in episode two. It'll be in your podcast app shortly after midnight. Make sure you head over to fantasypoints.com and put the code FEAST in. It is time for the playoff push. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.